0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast. This is number nine. This is our Christmas hangover episode. Our just post Christmas episode. Post Christmas,
1: uh... going back to work episode. Yeah.
0: Yes, exactly. I'm I'm one of your hosts, Tom Trauma. That other voice you hear in the darkness is Liverpool Neil. How you doing, Neil?
1: I'm doing okay. How are you? Did you have a nice uh, have a nice vacation time? Did you have a nice Christmas?
0: I I did. I had a couple days off. uh, You know, you know, work interrupted, having a really great week for christmas but i had a couple of days off and it was uh, pretty nice got to spend some time with my immediate family and my uh extended family today i just actually got back from my great my very old uh grandparents house oh that's right amazing yeah haven't... they had they head down to texas uh the first of the year for the winter to avoid our harsh michigan winter but yeah we had a real nice time that makes I, you sense. know you go to you know you go to i don't know if you remember going to your grandparents house when you were a kid but they always keep the house too warm and and you know and then you have like a salty meal. We had like ham and I, I don't know, what else, you know. And I am so thirsty. Usually I like to have a drink when we're doing this, but I'm just sitting here guzzling guzzling ice water because I'm so dehydrated from going to Grandma Grandpa's. But it's it's very nice, you know. And they're, and they're they're my grandparents are great, and they're getting to the age now where every year when they go down for the winter, there's always that like little bit in the back of your mind that goes, man, hopefully they. You know, come back in the spring, but yeah, for sure. Very um, good health, and it was all good. Got to see some aunts and uncles, and yeah, it was fun.
1: Yeah, you're lucky to have grandparents, man. I haven't had. Yeah, I, I haven't well, had a living grandparents stuff. since about 1975.
0: Well, that's the consequence of having such young young parents, and you know, I would say that is one nice thing about it. Yeah, is I was able to know all my parents and a mm-hmm. bunch of my great grandmothers, honestly. Um, but yeah, so it's and now I of course have tried to slow down the generations a little bit, so my my kids will never have that. Well, have this. That, this have will f- grandparents to be my you know when they're my age but. this will
1: this will freak you out um so my grandparents like i said I think my grandpa my grandma died in like 72 and my my dad's dad died in like 75 76 he was in the first world
0: war believe it or not um uh, so he lived to be a uh, an old man
1: he did um but they didn't have a fridge in the house they had oh, these boxes they just had an icebox box underneath the sink, yeah, uh, oh. yeah. I mean, it really was in was... the mid. So you can remember that in the mid seventies. In the mid seventies, yeah. I mean, it really was old school. It wow, was, it was I remember when my grandma got her first
0: microwave, dude. Oh yeah, well,
1: they had a, they had a tiny.
0: People think I'm old. Holy cow!
1: Tiny black and white TV, and uh, yeah, and no, and no refrigerator. So it was. Uh, oh. I mean, I have I have good memories of it, but it really was like sure. stepping back in time when we went went to their house on a Friday night or whatever. It was. Uh, it was crazy. <laughs>
0: well, you I know your mother. You you your mother is a little older than my grandparents. So oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, we uh, your generations are spread out a little more a little more than ours are, but that that's okay. Yeah. So. So so so, did you um did you get anything punk rock related for Christmas? Uh, Would be my question.
1: Well, I'm not punk rock related, but let let me ask you this. So, were you, were you back at work last week, or did I mean, did you take yeah, uh, bo- did to, you take I Boxing had, Day off or anything no, like
0: we that? No, do Boxing Day. This is a country without social class. We know we know we didn't have to give our servants the next day off after <laughs> after Christmas to go home to their families. Look it up, kids. Wikipedia.
1: Yep. Uh well I, I I actually took it I wasn't supposed to get it off but I took it off any I mean I took a vacation day because I don't know going back to going back to work the day after Christmas Day just seems uncivilized you know so. when you
0: when you were a kid in England was Boxing Day a holiday
1: oh uh box yeah well. I, well, I was in school, so it was. But um, while well, you're off for
0: the whole week, but like if you're working, yeah. if you're a stiff in, oh in yes, England...
1: they got like three weeks off of Christmas. Most people would break mm. up or uh, get off work like the twentieth, and they wouldn't go back till early early January. It's, well, it's like, a, the ki- like the kids, like the kids. It's, it's, it, it's different now. I mean, it's a lot more Americanized than now no. than it than it used to be. But yeah, back thing in, this country ruined. Oh yep. yeah, back in the seventies, it really was. It was crazy. So. Um Christmas day would be spent with like immediate family and and uh yeah. and neighbors and stuff maybe and then Boxing Day was for going to see those aunts and uncles that you would only see like once or twice ah, a year. Okay.
0: So you'd have you yeah. go
1: over there and have a really terrible salad and some salty turkey and shit like that. So.
0: Make make like uh, awkward political conversation and. <laughs> well, we'd always be stuck. Talk about the local we... sports teams or whatever.
1: Well, they no, they'd go in there and watch some bad movie, and because we were kids, we'd be stuck in the back playing a board game, playing like ah. Monopoly or some shit for four hours. You know. <laughs>
0: Sounds like fun. That's
1: Christmas and eating eating like uh, stale biscuits and stuff.
0: Oh yeah. yeah, see, well, that's one thing I must say. We we always every family party I go to, is so much food, so much good food. It's it's honestly I feel like just garbage for the last three days because it's just been so much good food. But
1: well, so so we always had, so in England we always had, we didn't have Thanksgiving obviously so we always had turkey for Christmas. So what do you have? A, what do you have for Christmas? Do you have turkey or do you have something
0: else? I'm trying to think what we had this year. We had like at my in laws we had prime rib. Oh nice. Which was really good. Yeah, my in laws always put out a nice spread. Um, and then here we kinda I don't know, we had a nice breakfast on Christmas and then we just kinda had leftovers or whatever and everybody bought something. Kind of like a Because I got yeah. you know, I have a brother and a sister that are both close by and they both have family, so we had kind of potluck style and that's cool. Yeah, it, it it was it was really nice. You know, I have I have no complaints. I didn't get to see my mom's extended side of the family, but pretty much everybody else I got to catch up with over the course of the last week or so. So it's been cool. Oh, that's so, good.
1: So I'm so, getting back to your original question yeah, yeah, before I about? went tangential on you. Uh, let's see. But that's what the, I get for asking about Boxing Day. Yeah. Um, the big gift I got, I got a pair of, um, I know you're not Super techy, but I got a pair of the new AirPods, the AirPod Pros, mm. which mm-hmm. uh, are really, really nice. I have to say. I mean, I'm I'm a big Apple guy, but uh, yep. the AirPod Pros are fantastic. Then oh. I used to, I used to have the original AirPods, and they they were nice too. But the new ones, uh, the noise canceling is fantastic, and the mm. sound the sound is better. And uh, yeah, they,
0: that was a that was a good gift. That, that is a good gift. I mean, yeah. you're right though. I'm not I'm not a tech guy, but I also I'm I've never really got used to the earbuds. I mean, I've had a few pairs over the years and some have been better than others, but I actually still prefer the – I'm using like – even as I speak to you right now, I have the the over-the-ear, not like the big giant like beat style, but like the the over-the-ear ones that used to go with your Walkman, like the soft – padded ones that's still my preferred oh okay i know yeah i mean i I just don't like sticking stuff in my ears
1: i've actually got some over the ear ones now for doing this some uh some some big ones but uh yeah for going running and stuff like that the airpod pros are great plus they have rubber they they have they have rubber tips on them so they actually fit better in your in your ears now than the other ones did it was funny
0: because i had i had some ipods over the years and i actually loved having ipods but i always thought the apple earbuds were the worst it's like you had to have they they freaking you had to gouge your ears out to get those things in they were like too big, yeah, but anyway, yeah, that's cool that's a good gift
1: now how about I, you I, Anything? To the point in
0: my life and I'm sure you are too where I just only want things that are useful, you know what i mean i just i i, I don't need a lot more stuff in my life
1: yeah I, I have way i have way too i have way too much stuff man i do um
0: so my like my 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 uh daughter got me uh a record, which I only got one record, so that was surprising actually my daughter got me um uh Rocket to Russia, which I didn't have on LP, believe it or not. I have all the um Ramones CD reissues from like the early two thousands. Yep. Which are really well done on. Yeah, they
1: are. They are. there's some nice extra um, tracks. On and like, stuff.
0: But I gotta have the first four on vinyl, really. Yep. After that, I could, you know, I could give or take it. Not that I don't like it, but it's not essential. But yeah, so, so I got Rocket to Russia. That was cool. My son one of my sons got me uh a couple of horror movies, he got me the Friday the thirteenth remake on Blu-ray and the Victor Crowley, which is like the fourth in this new series of slasher movies called Hatchet. Which is pretty cool. Who's
1: Victor Crowley? Don't know who that is.
0: He's he's the character. He's a he's the oh okay. He's the character for the movie. It's kind of like Jason Voorhees type character. Yeah, it's played by Kane Hodder actually, who was one of the more popular Jasons from the Friday the Thirteenth series. Didn't he die recently? Uh-uh. he's still around.
1: Oh yes. Okay. I don't know if
0: one of them died or not, but he yeah no Kane's he's still around. He's like a he's like a classic um, Comic Con kind of guy like. Anybody who's really into it, you might see a picture hanging in their house with them with like the machete up to his neck and signed photo, you know? It's oh, those okay. Things. Yeah, one of those um, things. Yeah. And then uh, my my other son got me a uh, Blu-ray of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is probably my favorite movie last year. Oh, the interesting. Guaranteed a movie. So, yeah. yeah, it was cool. You know, and, and I just, my wife and I had just been on, you know, vacation, which we talked about, so we took it kind of easy this year, didn't buy much, so.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, that was, but, that, that was the one big gift that, that I was given, but uh, I did uh, treat myself to something. I actually, it's punk good. rock related, uh, yeah, I got one of those Buzzcocks albums off of, uh, uh, off of Discogs. Which, so. Now, which one did you just get? I got All Set. Which, okay, and now which,
0: you just got The Way recently, right?
1: Um, no, I got The Way a long time yeah, ago. That was, I got, oh, that uh, was the
0: one you got in Florida? I was thinking that was the one you just got in Florida.
1: No, no, the Way, the Way I bought when it first came out, the one I got in Florida was a single Off of The Way. Ah, yeah, I okay. got a, I got a forty-five, and uh, and just recently I did buy Flat Pack Philosophy. I got that one from a guy in okay. Ireland, and so over the Christmas break I broke down and I bought all set. So, so
0: what do you got left to get? How many of you got
1: left? Just one. Which just one's one. that? It's that self-titled from two thousand six, the one with like the black and white kind of Xerox looking color. Is that one hard to find? It is very hard to find. Oh, huh. indeed. On vinyl. There's, yeah, there's none. Yeah, oh, I mean, I have it on CD, but I don't have it on vinyl, so mm. uh, there's there's none on discount right now.
0: I, so. I I got a couple things too, and uh, off discogs just because I I had that I my seven inch, uh split seven inch fetish continues. This time I got uh Quincy punks and Blank seventy seven split, and uh Gas Huffer and Supercharger split.
1: Now Gas they Huffer, were, I, re- I remember them. From yeah, they, the they were kind of a garagey right? right? band.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, uh, they were on Empty Records out of Seattle. Okay, definitely on the garagey end of things. But this is kind of a cool seven inch. They're both both bands are covering a a Resilos song, covering what? A Resilos song. Rezalos. Oh, oh
1: Resilos. Yeah, Resilos. Yeah.
0: Wow, you're American. See, I've never die. heard. It yeah. Maybe only, only uh, seen it. Uh, one of them is Mystery Action, and I think Bad Guy Reaction or something.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yep.
0: Yep. But Great they're songs. really garagey, really grungy sound. But it, it, it's pretty cool. Pretty that one's on. That was on the old Gearhead Records, which is still around, but out of uh,
1: Sacramento, I think. That's one. And man. the other one.
0: The other one was on Turkey Baster Records, which that may have been the only record they ever put out oh interesting because I never heard of it but you know in the mid 90s a lot of bands would well we'll just start a little label and put out but yeah you remember the Quincy Punks or not really no no don't remember that at all mid 90s okay but uh, yeah, so yeah, like I say, it continues, and I may have ordered some more as soon as I get those ones. My PayPal might be decimated now; may yeah. or may not be.
1: The is, The is are one of those bands that I I really regret not going to. They 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 actually toured the U.S. about ten years ago after they reformed, and uh, they played a yeah, really... and even
0: more recently, even even like three or four years ago, they did. Yeah, because I remember I remember where they played in Detroit. It wasn't definitely wasn't ten years ago. I think it was yeah, three four years ago. I would say.
1: Okay, and maybe it's maybe it was the same tour, and I'm just I'm just exaggerating just how long having, ago it was. Just having trouble putting
0: your finger on the ear, yeah.
1: Well, no, because I know I've. But lived it, it
0: might have been no, because I feel like this was because okay, so they actually put out a record in like 16 or something. They put it was it, called Metropolis or Metro. Oh, was it called? I reviewed it. It was really pretty good. Yeah, it's a good album. It is a good um, album. But yeah, it was their second album. It was 30, yep, something, you know, almost 40 years after the first one. Yep. I I, have, uh, I I have that. It's good. That first album, can't stand the Rezillos, I guess Resolos. Yes. that was I don't, no, I, that's such Rezillos.
1: great. The album was called Zero, by the way, and it came out in
0: twenty fifteen. Zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, tw- it tw-
1: 2015.
0: And it was great. It, you know, had that. It was like a, you know, kind of had. To, they were always kind of in that, like a punkier B 52s or something. You know, had kind of a sense of fun, and the songs were almost kind of like Lillingtons, where a lot of songs were about, you know, aliens and. Weird. Science
1: fiction. And they yeah, have some of, the, some of the some of the singles, some of the forty fives have some of the best covers that you've ever seen. They have really good sleeves and stuff. They have really good artwork and they got the whole sixties vibe going. Yep. Um. They used to have some background, uh, some background backing dances and stuff. Some like beat huh. dances and stuff. Yeah, like they, they're good. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh,
0: so you know. Speak, so speaking of you know England a long time ago, this is not actually England a long time ago. It's actually a horrible That's, seg.
1: And they're Scottish, but sorry, go enough. Okay,
0: <laughs> I'll excuse Scottish, you. I'll English, excuse whatever. You on You're all over that. All <laughs> over that same basic area. So I read this. I read this article. I found fascinating, and I wanted to read about you just because because you grew up in Europe. My wife sounds like she's trying to smash something behind me um the uh so i was just reading about the top grossing christmas songs of all time or the top revenue generating christmas songs of all time okay and it was in europe and of course some of them are horrible mariah carey and you know wham or whatever but the number one revenue generating christmas song in europe is fairy tale of new york by the pogues
1: okay great song
0: great i mean it really is a great song i mean I, i mean i love the song and i was thrilled to hear it but it's – according to this, that revenue – revenue or generates over 500,000 pounds of revenue annually from wow. radio.
1: Wow, wow. So that's why so, so many – so that's why so many bands do Christmas songs then. That makes complete well, well, sense. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. That in
0: itself, well, and the same thing with Christmas movies. You know, you hear about you know a little guy like Artie Lang, a little bit player. He's like – he was an elf. Yeah, yeah. Had a little tiny part in elf, but he's like, I still get a check every year because elf gets played fifty thousand times around Christmas time. You know, oh, that's so true. I think yeah. there is a certain amount of truth to that. But I guess the thing is Fairy Tale New York does not get played in American radio.
1: Mm, okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, 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 don't, I don't listen to the radio, so I, I mean I, know, I, but... I don't
0: hear it. I mean, I can't imagine what station it would be on if it is. Yeah. Because our radio is either bad modern hard rock or bro country or pop. And it's not getting played in any of those stations, right? Right. But so if 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 I'm in Europe or if I'm in England at like Christmas, is that a song I'm going to hear on the radio a lot?
1: Yes, it is, and it will also see on T. Te- you'll
0: see the video. I mean, it on would, top it would, of It would. Okay, I would say it would have to be right.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, last time I was there it was like maybe over Christmas was maybe three years ago, and I heard it. I mean, Chris, uh, Christmas in England, they've had the same. Same Christmas songs for the last 30, 30 years. Like a bunch of bands, a bunch of popular bands in the 70s all did famous Christmas songs like Slade and Wizard and... uh what about the
0: Kinks?
1: The Kinks, yeah, the Kinks have one. And so those same song, Christmas songs get broken out every year. Slade is the, probably the biggest one. Slade. That, what, what's uh, that?
0: I think they saw that on the list. What was the name of that? It's like
1: Merry Christmas Everybody or something like that. I mean... It, Slade, it, man, it, gets, it gets... I mean, and they must be making... They must have
0: made hundreds of thousands of pounds every year because that gets played but where incessantly that money, see that's my other question is where does that money go i mean didn't shane mcgowan have to do like a GoFundMe me a few years ago to get new teeth <laughs> I, I mean seriously where is it i mean did they have really bad label deals and the labels are still raking in the money or where is this money going i mean if each of the five i mean i don't remember how many pogues were seven or i don't remember how many were in the original band but i mean if they each got a cut of that money it's, it's a significant amount of money that's like live off of money
1: no, that is a bit live off of money, but you never know when the band split, they might have sold all those, all those royalties and stuff and all yeah. those rights. Maybe, over they
0: to the... maybe they never owned them. Maybe they had a bad deal and never, because yeah. now the big thing is to own your own publishing. So you do get paid for that kind of stuff. Right. But I'm like, man, that's, yeah, it's a significant amount of money. And I figured it must get a ton more airplay in the UK and, and, and maybe they pay different too. Maybe they pay better than American radio. I don't know.
1: Yeah, maybe they do. Um, but like I say, it is played. The same songs are played incessantly and pretty much on every radio station too. So you'll hear, yeah, you know, well, you'll, hear, you'll hear Wham, you'll hear Slade, you'll hear Wizard, you'll hear the Wombles. I mean, these bad kids songs from the seventies that have just been in the public consciousness ever since, right? And uh, and the Pogues are now one of those, even though it's not even really a Christmas song. You know what I mean? It doesn't. Well,
0: it, it's it's more of a Christmas song than Die Hard is a Christmas movie.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it mentions them being in New York on Christmas and New Year's, right? I mean, that's what the song is about. But it's not like it. Well, I mean, I guess it does.
0: I don't Tang- know. The bells are ringing out on Christmas. I mean,
1: it's a- tangentially, I guess. Yeah.
0: I don't know. It's it's. I'm, I'm looking at the lyrics right now. Um, and the reason I thought about, I'm trying to find the lyric I'm looking for because last week i played a song by who did i play a song by last week oh
1: the gun club yeah the gun club yes sir yes where they had a bad word in there There's, I don't and know it had a bad word heard. and I, did, yeah. I
0: guess i didn't realize it but it made me think about this song and then i read also the um, about how there's a movement see okay so the the lyrics so anybody who doesn't know the song i hope everybody knows the song fairy tale new york because it really is a great song and it's got the, it's kind of the famous tradition of like old country music or folk music where it's a man and woman going back and forth yep that's right and in this case it's a you know a, a man and a woman breaking up or arguing or getting drunk and fighting or whatever, or yeah, whatever get, you
1: know. getting drunk and so, fighting i think is accurate
2: yeah
0: so he says, You're a bum, you're a punk, you're an old slut on junk, lying there almost dead on a drip in that bed. And then she says, You scumbag, you maggot, you cheap lousy faggot. Happy Christmas, you're ours. I pray God it's your it's our last. So I, I it came to my attention that there's like a growing movement of people that really like the song, but like when I guess when it plays at the bar or if they hear it play, they yell maggot over where it once said faggot. Have you heard of this? I mean, are you aware of this movement or not, really?
1: Not that specific thing, but I did hear that there was a DJ who either refused to play it or he would like blank out the word or something like that when it when it mm. came on. Um,
0: it it's just it's just it's just so silly. It, uh, well, it, 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 and it really I I struggle with this because I, I I get it. It's 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 a word that you know hurts people's feelings and whatnot. But I I I I dislike this kind of revisionist history thing where we're essentially judging things by by modern standards.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. Instead no, of not putting them in, him in of the no, day. Exactly. Because
0: don't get me wrong, it wasn't a nice word at the day, but it didn't have as much negative connotation well, as it does
1: Well, now. hold on, hold on a second as well. So the word faggot actually has a completely different meaning in England.
0: <laughs> a bundle of sticks?
1: Yeah, and and it's also a kind of food, and of course fags are cigarettes, right? A cigarette, yeah. So...
0: I, uh, so you don't think she's calling him a homosexual? Is that what you're saying?
1: Um, I think it's just a general term of abuse. But okay. um, but I mean, you, what you said was exactly right, right? You can't take things out of their historical context. You just cannot. It used to drive me crazy. I used to be in the textbook publishing industry. And it used to drive me crazy. They would do that all the time. Like they would take a picture of the Beatles who would be sitting there. You know, it's a famous photograph. I'm sure you've seen it. They're all there in the Beatles suits. And they've all got cigarettes in their hands. Okay. And someone took it upon themselves, so we can't show that. So they they, take f- the they out. photoshopped the cigarettes out of their hands. Wow. So no, so not only is it altering it's intellectually history, dishonest. It's too. intellectually dishonest and it also just looks weird because now they've all got their fingers up in the air for no reason. <laughs> right? <laughs> it it just looks bizarre, but um it it you, I mean it happened. It's you know, it it is well, it is what it is or what yeah, it was, Yeah. and, know?
0: It, it, well, and, and I, I, there's a I just, you know, I I I, I want to judge people by the character of their their heart and their actions more than one silly word. You know, I understand that certain words have venom and certain words are hurtful and I and I will try to avoid using them. But I'm afraid that punk in general has become a modern punk, maybe not our punk, but has become so worried about all this political correctness stuff that some of the greatest albums of all time could never be made today. Oh for definitely. You know, I look at I look at a band like Fang or Fear or maybe even the Vandals early <laughs> stuff and all that stuff it was Dude, the Sex Pistols. Yeah, it, but the thing is <laughs> it mean, was intentionally made to shock. I just don't know when punk became so huggy kissy. you know, we were talking about the, the huggy kissy. Yep. Punk rock stuff where it's where we would always err on the side of not hurting someone's feelings because if you take away that kind of you know that shock value is kind of attention-getting and sort of, uh, you know, it it has a place. It has a power, I think.
1: Well, it's also and, it's it's also real world too. I mean, we don't live yeah. in we don't live in some you know no. airy fairy world. You know, I mean that stuff happens. That stuff happens, and people say that shit to each other on the street all the time. And that's one yeah. of the things about punk well, rock, right? It's real. Yeah, it's supposed to when, be real. When
0: you were joking around with your. And, and I and I say this, and I'm not even I'm not saying it in my own defense. I'm just saying the way it was growing up in the '80s, and maybe the same for you in the '70s. You call your buddy a fag or whatever. It didn't it wasn't you didn't mean it, it was it wasn't a homosexual. you weren't saying he was a homosexual well, you were kinda of kidding him about being a homosexual or whatever, but you know what I mean it wasn't it didn't have any venom to it, right? it's called him a puff in England, yeah. That's what we would say. A puff. Or puff, or, yeah. or, or general term of disdain would be, Oh, that's so gay. Yes. No, I know that's not politically correct anymore, and I don't say it anymore either. But you know, what I mean it is it was just the way it was and I know it, I didn't have any malice in my heart. It's just the way people talked, you know?
1: Right. No, that's true. But so yeah i uh, i mean that that's that the whole phrase' i live New York thing is really interesting for many many reasons uh I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought it up actually, because I I did just see a thing on the news about that about this DJ who either refused to play it or he was like beeping out the word or something. And the funny thing is, there's so many songs that have w- way worse words in that get played on regular radio that either it's just buried in the song, like the Who. Or, who are you? Or they don't. Well, I was I was thinking more of like some modern rap stuff personally, but oh. um, but it's just for some reason that's acceptable. It's acceptable in certain areas, but it's not acceptable in others. So I just i yeah. just find that weird
0: well and you know the, sh- the standards are shifted because you know there used to be certain like what you call like blasphemous stuff you'd never hear on the radio now that stuff kind of gets a pass right we're more slaves to like the political correctness aspect than the religious dogma aspect you know yeah now but he- at the end of the day i just don't like to see i i just i, I don't i don't like to see everything things need to be judged in their own, within their own context
1: well in the historical context
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. The context of their own time. Yeah. Because, you know, I hear this a lot now with our young, our young, you know, very liberal political friends. And listen, man, if you're active in politics and you've thought about your belief system, I'm all for that. But what I hear now a lot of times is like founding fathers bashing. It's like, oh, these guys were all rich, racist, white slave owners. I'm like, you're right. That is true. But they were also the extreme extremely liberal people of their time you know what i mean yep so we're judging them 250 years later as being this but i'm like but they were they were they were the progressives of their time they were not you know so it's just there's a danger there's a danger in in trying to i mean the world has changed a lot in the last 20 years and there's a danger in judging everything by the way we you know feel about things now or the thing that's politically correct right now so
1: yeah exactly i agree with well, you 100 yeah,
0: are you a, are you a big Pogues fan
1: i am actually i am a big pokes fan yeah the i think
0: three I... albums are pretty much untouchable i think
1: yeah I, I, well even some of the later ones when they started to go a little weird and even the last one when when shane wasn't even singing on it actually it's just it's still musically a very so good album Back
0: with the band right or no
1: I don't think the band has existed in. Oh, in, they don't exist anymore. In well, fifteen they did years,
0: ten years ago, right? Or was it fifteen years ago? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's been I mean, it's, it's, it's been a while. The Dropkick Murphys did that version of it have Shane McGowan? I don't know.
1: Uh, towards the end, I know they didn't. Um okay. But I I t- tell the truth, I d- I don't know the full history. Now, I actually did read a um biogra- an autobiography by one of the members of the band. I think it was the base mm-hmm. the bass player, and that was okay. actually really really interesting. Um, mm. You know, Shane comes off it as not well. But he comes out of it as like a complete genius. Ooh. So, um, you know, and then he, but he obviously
0: had, he obviously had his demons and oh, a I, don't, lot I don't know how old demons. he is, but he looks he looks horrible. Obviously,
1: he does, even though he got all his nice new teeth.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, who paid for him? <laughs> the BBC? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember don't know. there was a documentary about it. And it really was. It was. It was sad. You know, some of these guys. You know, like guys like him and like HR from the Bad Brains. Are just like, man, what happened to these guys? Right. Well, see, that's very, a, different, very that's, different guys, but
1: that's an interesting one. Um and I don't mean to derail it cuz I know you want no, to you want you, you want to play all a song. But um HR from the Bad Brains. He gets I mean talk about anti-gay. Yeah, 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 cause that, his... I mean that's that's a famous story. I Amazingly mean, it's from the early eight, uh, from the mid 80s and stuff. But I don't some...
0: think he's really recanted on any of that. No, though. His but... his religious beliefs are, are different.
1: And, uh, but for and some, he's
0: not allowed his opinion, only the modern thinkers.
1: But, but for some reason, he gets a complete pass on that stuff where some other people do not. And it, it just seems it's completely he, strange to me.
0: I'm, I'm going to go there and say a lot. I think it might be because I think there's always a certain amount of fear among the politically correct crowd to go after black folks for the same thing they would go after white folks for, just because there's a little bit of awkwardness there.
1: I mean, either that or is it just ignorance and people don't know about that? Because, I mean, you don't see a lot of people talking about that anymore. And I, I, you know, when I can, I, I, I do hear
0: people bringing up gays.
1: Okay, I mean, and I could go on, a, I stand on a soapbox here and go on because you know I love Morrissey, so I could go on a whole Morrissey thing, yeah. you know, no, and and say. No,
0: you listen, man. We we already turned enough people off this week. Let's save the Morrissey talk for later.
1: <laughs> Although all I was going to say was David Bowie said some things <laughs> that were like oh, yeah. fifty times worse than anything Morrissey has ever said or thought in the seventies, but somehow uh, David Bowie is a is a godlike genius, in, uh you know and. Marcy I will say that I just list
0: I list I just listened to the first Bad Brains record today, and it's so good. It is so but good. But man, that thing could use a remaster.
1: Interesting. Well, maybe you should talk to Henry Rollins because he still has well, some I think of the original that tapes. that apparently.
0: weird RAR label. You know, they <laughs> never they never got rid of their – they still hold the – I mean, it's still on that same label that put out that cassette originally, I think, and I just don't think they've done – Well, done I mean – it. But it's a beautiful record. It's like half black, half yellow, like right down the middle.
1: Well, I mean, the Rock for Light album, the you know, which was basically the cassette that just redone, label. yeah. But it was just, but that was produced well by
0: Rick Kessick,
1: right? Rick I mean, Kessick, yeah. yeah, he did, a, he did a good job. A guy that, who
0: yeah. really made a handful of pretty great punk records, really.
1: Yeah, he did, and he, actually, he died this year, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he did. He just died. Yeah. He was like seventy. I was shocked how old he was. Yeah. That means like when he was big, and you know, even he was pushing forty when he was having yeah. their big. I'm, I'm a bit of a Closet Cars fan. Yeah, me too. Um, of, of like eighties pop music, that's what I can appreciate. Yeah. So so anyway, learning so much about the Pogues, I I definitely am fearful to play their song because I feel like they're pretty much on top of their copyright stuff. So you were going to play – uh, yeah, a song by Shane's band before. You, you can explain it. You know better than I do.
1: Yeah. So before he was in the Pogues, he was in. Uh, he was. He was in a band called. Uh, well, originally it was the Nipple Erectors, and then it was they changed the name to the Nips. And uh, so we're gonna play the song "Gabrielle" by the Nips, and uh, hope you enjoy it, and it's hope you recognize. Too, his, so. Hope you recognize his voice. It's a good song. So here we go, "Gabrielle" by the Nips. <laughs> So hope you enjoyed that. It was Gabrielle by the Nips, good song. Uh going back to my first time hearing it. Going back to maybe is it nineteen seventy nine, something like that? Uh hmm. that's that's pretty old, let me tell you.
0: Huh. Did you did you ever get to see the Pogues or no? Uh
1: I yeah, I did. I did back in the Geez, round about, about the second album, I think.
0: Uh which is If I should fall from Grace of God? Uh Els Ditch. T- the first one was Rumsodomy and the Lash, right? That's the yeah. only one I can't remember after that. Yeah. I think... If I should Fall from Grace with God is my other favorite one. Yeah.
1: Okay. So that Nips, that Nips single was from 1979. Yeah. Gabrielle. Um, 1979. And the second Pogues album, why don't I remember the name of it? Because it's actually my favorite Pogues album.
0: Dude, your head's... <sighs> we're getting... our heads are getting soft. It's just, it is what it is. Oh, no. It is
1: Rumsodomy and the Lash. You were right. Um... That's the first one no that's the second one
0: is that the second one what's the first one red roses for right. me
1: red roses for me which has the classic oh i don't uh, know that one <laughs> that's got the classic uh Wexy's dargle on it i believe which he's where he bangs the uh, tin tray on his head
0: love oh the peace and love okay <laughs> that's a great that's uh, a great ditch. that's a great album. wow i did not wow how did i miss that let me see what songs that's got yeah oh Wex- no wikipedia is trying to get me to donate 275 dang it yeah dang you wikipedia yeah, I do to a lot. I should probably donate, but...
1: I don't... I mean, it's got Boys from the County Hell, which you probably know. That's uh, on the old the old, tri- the old, triangle, but Waxy's Doggle is my favorite song on that album. No, the old triangle is so a tradition, traditional. Yeah. Yep. Huh. All and right. Stream, well, streams of well, gears right. too.
0: Yeah. I won't go through the entire track list while the world waits.
1: No. And, okay, so... Um, and staying on this Irish theme, I ah. am going to play... So, yeah, The Nips can be your song. How's that? Um, sure. And I'm going to play something uh, from another band from Northern Ireland. Um, you this... too. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this song is
0: called "Where the Streets Have No Name." You got me.
1: No, this is by a <laughs> band called uh, this is by a band called Protex from Belfast. So Protex. I've Pro- heard Te- of them? I don't Pro- know that I've Te-x, heard of them. P R O T E X. Yeah. What are we um, talking about? So this so they formed in seventy eight after um after seeing the clash, I believe the clash played a famous Belfast gig or something, and then a bunch of uh, punk bands formed in Belfast after that, um yes. like the undertones and uh, and Protex were one of them and uh they they play a really good mix of like punky power pop kind of thing, very very yeah. good like the undertones uh, um yeah, yeah, even though i, I the undertones to me, they, I mean, that first album is classic, but they kind of yeah. dropped off. The second album is average. And yeah. after that, they really dropped off for me. So, um, but these guys, uh, these guys, they, ne- they put out some singles. They never put out an album, but interestingly enough, uh, some U S label found some late, uh, some demos or something in the early two thousands and, uh, put them together and actually released a protex album. And after yeah. that album, I saw that's after like 25 years, right? Um, so after 25 years or whatever the band reformed to tour because of this album. So that's kind of interesting. Huh. But anyway, so, this, so Did you get to
0: see them when they reformed or not? I did
1: not. I did not know. Okay. Um uh, so I've never I've never seen Protex. And they get they actually took their name from a Clash song off the first album Protex Blue.
0: Huh. Is Was named after a condom or something?
1: Uh, it was named after a condom, yes. It was the first condom I ever owned, as a matter of fact. Really? You still enough. have it? <laughs> yes, I still have it in my wallet. Still waiting to use I, it.
0: Yeah, it's hanging on the wall next to some of your old skateboard decks. That would be funny. Um, it's used, but I saved it. It's like when you earn your first dollar, like when you open a business. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, you, know, you put that dollar on the wall.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. <sighs> oh, yes. But
1: anyway, we digress, and this is the song uh, Don't Ring Me Up by Protex from 1978. She said So there you go. That was Protex. Hope you like that.
0: I, I'm, I, my mind is really getting expanded today.
1: Yeah, well, lots of Irish stuff going on for you. So
0: the, I, so the best the best Irish band is Stiff Little Fingers, right?
1: Stiff Little Fingers, yeah, for sure, but you know, there were some, really, some really good... <laughs> so we got the Outcasts, <laughs> we got Rudy, we got Protex, um...
0: See, I've heard bu- of The Outcast. I don't know Rudy.
1: Yeah, a whole bunch of bands came out of that. And they were all on Good Vibrations for at least a single or two, right? Which was that record label out of Belfast. And there's a really good movie about that label, as a matter of fact. About the it's guy that good ran Vibrations? the label. Yeah, it's called Good Vibrations. About Terry Hooley, the guy that ran the label. Did um, they
0: steal that name from the old Beach Boys song? They must have, right? Uh,
1: they probably did because he was an old hippie, I believe, before, uh, before he formed the label. He owned a record hmm. store. And then Isn't he had that funny? These...
0: Those hippies that held over and
1: well, he owned a record store, and these all these punks were coming in asking for all these bands he'd never heard of. Hmm. So he started getting them in, and then he decided to form a label and sign up some of the local bands. So yeah, it's hmm. a real, it's a really good, uh, it's a really good um, movie. Actually, you should look it up if you if you get a chance oh, sometime. I'll
0: check it out. Yeah. So I, I'm always shocked when I hear about the hippies that kind of converted over, and and I think people would be shocked if they knew some of the people that converted to like or were into the hippie kind of lifestyle and then converted to punk rock. I mean, almost famously, like Tim Yo from Maximum Rock and Roll was old when Punk hit in the early eighties. And he was like a I think he I don't know if he's a hippie or what, but he was like one of those guys that kind of got with the program, even though he was later in life. And I also, and this would be a seg, trust me. <laughs> I I read a book by a guy named Dave Goodman. You know who Dave Goodman is?
1: Yes, original uh, one of the original. He was sex like pistols the sound producers. man
0: for, yep. for the Sex Pistols. Right. Yes, yep. and he was an old hippie, like like chanting crystal loving hippie guy. And he actually wrote a book. I think it was called My Life of the Sex Pistols. Or yeah, I, I bought a copy of it. I mean, it it was British because it had a pound sign on the back for dollars. But I got it like out of the bargain bin, you know, at some bookstore. And it was interesting because he had a real different perspective. This guy was a hippy dippy, don't wear your shoes kind of guy, but for whatever reason, he had to do. He had a mobile sound unit or something, and he got called to do a, a Sex Pistols gig at the last minute. And they liked the way he did sound, and they had an unlikely relationship for many years. And he actually recorded the Spunk album, which is pretty much only a bootleg album, I think. Yeah, I'm sure that is quite that. correct. Yep, and it's most all the songs that would become Nevermind the Bollocks with. Uh, of course, the original bass player before Sid came in and kind of flummoxed everything. Yeah, Glenn. But, but uh, yeah, Glenn Madlock. Couldn't think of it. Thank you. And, uh, and a lot of people prefer the mixes on Spunk. It was definitely a little more aggressive, I think.
1: That's so interesting that you bring that up. It's almost like this was meant to be because um, the
0: next thing I was going to talk you about. You went to school with <laughs> Dave Goodman. Went to school with your brother or something.
1: No, the, what I was go- <laughs> what I was going to bring. Well, okay, so you know what? Let's let's stay on topic for a second because you're talking about the hippies and stuff. So, I mean, okay. famously, right? The guys that formed Crass. The guys that formed Crass were. Um, Complete hippies like that.
0: Are they that old? Oh
1: my god, yes. (laughs) Yeah, they certainly are.
0: So you're telling me, like Steve? I mean, he had to be like no, no, not Steve.
1: No, not Steve. Ignorant. I'm talking about the other guy. I'm talking about the other guys, right? So,
0: um, Kenny Ribald or yep. Yeah, Penny Rimbaud or whatever's it You're going to Rimbaud. yell at me for saying it wrong because I remember when John said it when you felt like John said it wrong on the podcast. Oh you... yeah,
1: it's Penny Rimbaud, like Rimbaud, Rimbaud. Like, like the like the French poet. Um, ah, yeah, okay. Penny Rimbaud. I never yeah, heard of him, but I'm,
0: I'll take your word for it.
1: I mean, they were um, living on a dial House, which was like an old like hippie commune mm. type place, right, where they grow their own food and that kind of stuff. They'd been living there since the early '70s. And Hmm. so, yeah, they were completely into like gong and early Hawkwind and shit like that. And then punk rock came along. And I believe Steve Ignorant was one of the, uh, was one of like the, I don't know if he was homeless or whatever, but he just came and stayed at, uh, Wandered In and they gave him a guitar. Exactly right. Exactly right. And then they decided to form the band and stuff. And,
0: well, you know, Crass was a certain, a certain, uh, style of, you know, anarcho punk where you could, you could kind of see the similarities between that communal living and that sort of overt communist kind of message that they had. So it's it's easier to see that with them than like a the pistols, which were basically nihilist. And and, and the other thing is with the the hippies, you know, how many of them really bought into it, and how many of them were sort of, you know, opportuni- and it's opportunists. It is for the chicks, you know, like the Sex Pistols <laughs> manager, like Malcolm McLaren. I mean, he just seems like an opportunist more than anything, right?
1: Oh, yeah I mean then was... a
0: guy who believed in the movement, I mean, there were certainly some people who believed in the movement, other people just saw it as a you know this is where the crowd is going now, this is where the money's going to go. I got to get with this
1: oh well, Michael McLaren was in the rec trade, right? He was a clothes salesman, basically, yeah, and a designer yeah. and stuff. He, and he just... had a sex shop well, well, before that, before that, he had a teddy boy shop in seventy four called Let it Rock right, so that was the mm. original shop, and he was selling clothes to teddy boys, drape coats and creepers and stuff like that mm. and then he saw where the wind was blowing with that as as Teds were dying out. Then he saw yeah. <laughs> New York Dolls or then something. He, yeah, well, well, and then he, then he did the sex. Yeah, then he did the sex shop. He tried managing the New York Dolls for a while. Then he did the sex shop, and then yeah, then uh, so it's history now, right? So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it it is interesting actually. The, uh the uh, the influence of some of the old hippies on the early punk scene for sure.
0: But I mean, because every, it, it, it seems like the modern a lot of the more modern punk kind of political philosophy is more of, like, that hippie. Yeah. That hippie kind of philosophy. I was definitely drawn towards more, like, the nihilistic Sex Pistols, Dead Boys type.
1: Aggressive violence. Type yeah, of, kind yeah. of
0: the, not this. I mean, the punk and the kumbaya, to me, are are certainly uncomfortable bedfellows.
1: Well, everything is coming together today on this episode because this is really interesting because I was actually... Um, Talking about the Dead Boys. This is all accident. This is all accidental, all accidental. Folks. It yep, really is
0: yep, very little planning here.
1: So I was actually listening to you know Rocket from the Tombs, right? Yep, yep. So that pre-dead was the boys. yeah pre Dead Boys, um, which had I think uh, originally like it was Cheetah Chrome and Johnny Blitz of uh, the drummer from the Dead Boys, yep, and yep. then and then Stiv came in for five minutes. But it also had uh, a vocalist was the with uh, guy from Perubu. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Then it, and then it had a couple of other old, like, hippies in the band, too. So mm. this is, we're talking 74. So mm. if you ever pre-punk. listen, if you, yeah, pre-punk, if you ever listen to that um, original, they didn't ever re- really record an album at the time. They recorded some radio sessions and stuff. Mm. But, if, but if you listen to that, it's really interesting because they do do versions of, like, three or four Dead Boys songs, which mm. which Cheetah Chrome wrote, um, or they wrote together. And then when Rocket from the Tomb split, uh Perubu or uh is Dave Thomas I think his name is he took mm-hmm. some of the Artsia songs to Perubu and uh Chita and Johnny Blitz and Stiv took you know songs like Sonic Reducer and took them to be the mm-hmm. basis of the Dead Boys set so um it's really interesting hearing some of the those the you know the uh those early versions of those songs especially with uh with that the, with Dave Thomas different singing singer. yeah with oh. a different singer cuz they're, know, I, they're I, slower and they're um a bit uh there's more guitar solos and stuff like that because it hmm. was it was 74 you know so
0: that was one of those bands that I, I i mean i know like you know final solution and a couple of songs but i never really got deep into their catalog perubu yeah
1: yeah me neither they were a bit too artsy for me but that 30 seconds over tokyo song is a
0: yeah 30 seconds a... over tokyo they like said final solution there's a yep. few that were, that were pretty cool yeah. i mean i hate to say i need you know like all you need is their greatest hits because i know that's you know very tacky but that might be one of those bands where that's true right
1: yeah yeah i mean i, I a lot of the stuff i've heard of theirs like, i don't particularly care for but i just think that's interesting that band also came out of cleveland you
0: know mm, yeah. where,
1: where there was nothing else going on you know obviously
0: dead boys will always be associated with new york but yes their humble roots are in, in cleveland, cleveland the mistake Ohio. the mistake by the lake the city <laughs> yeah. that only exists so that detroit has someone to look down on
1: yeah um
0: you know i've had i've had some good times in cleveland i must say
1: but I have to say that that first, when we were talking about the adverts and how that's one of my top 10 punk albums of yeah. all time. The first Dead Boys album is one of the oh, first, so good. top 10 albums of all time for me. And it, that's
0: is, why... it is timeless, man. It still sounds yep. so good.
1: Well, it's it's so short, but every song is absolutely every, killer. Yeah, right. Every song, yeah. and
0: that last, you know, even the last was the last song, Down in Flames, Down where in it Flames, just kind of yep. explodes at the end and yep. just has a, a studio, a rare studio track that sort of has the energy of like a live. A live performance where they're just coming unhinged. Ah, they were so good. Did you ever see that
1: CBGB's movie? You know, I haven't
0: seen it all the way through. I watched a little bit of it. I can't tell if it was annoying or not. It seems like it might be kind of annoying.
1: It is annoying. I mean, Alan Rickman is a great actor, and he does a good job. It's just, but, it, but you the, weird, tell. the
0: style of it. I didn't watch it long enough to really get a feel for it. It just felt so weird. But I, I should probably try to watch it. Well, yeah,
1: you couldn't tell if it was supposed to be serious, if it was tongue in cheek, or if it was supposed to be funny yeah. or what, because it was kind of surfing the middle ground. But the reason, and, I- and,
0: and it was, it, it was pretty fast and loose with the. Reality of the situation, right? Well,
1: the reason I bring it up is just because the Dead Boys are featured prominently in it. I mean, yeah, and what,
0: what Ron Weasley from Ron the Harry Weasley. Potter movies <laughs> yeah, plays uh, Cheetah Chrome, or, Chrome. Or, yep, yeah, the other one.
1: Now he plays Cheetah Chrome, and he does a really good job. Actually, he does a really, now you saw really good job.
0: the uh, the reunited Dead Boys, and I've I just have not, but I really wanted to because you spoke so highly of it. But you, you if if folks get a chance, they should go see him Even now, even though there's only. Cheetah Chrome, I think, is the only one left, right? Yeah, when the drummer's I saw them, still around, but I don't think he's playing with the current version. Of them.
1: Right, I think they fell out. But when I saw them, Johnny Blitz was playing drums with him. So it was Johnny Blitz and uh, Cheetah Chrome. And uh, I, can't, a- I can't remember who the bass player was. So but the bass player
0: is, was ac- is actually a guy named Ricky Ratt. Who Ricky Rat, that's right, yeah. From, from a, Detroit, great, right? a great Detroit glam band, very New York-dowsy glam band called, uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I. Can't think of it right now at the moment. But anyway, he's he's a he's a real nice guy and he's and a and a good bass player. He has his own band called Ricky Rat. Ricky Rat Pack or something like that. Okay. Well he did a really he, he did a really played, good job. What the heck was it? Oh my gosh. Dude, I'm 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 officially losing it. Well, you can't remember what band he was in. I can't remember the name of the band. I mean, I have a couple of their albums. They're great. Definitely like a real New York Dolls trash brats. The trash brats. Oh, that was his, okay,
1: yeah, I know them. That was
0: yep. his. That was a Detroit band. I actually saw them one year. They did that. You know, they do they used to do that thing at Warp Tour where they'd have like the small stage where local bands could play. So I actually saw the Trash Brats play at Warp Tour one year in Detroit. It was pretty cool.
1: Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. But yeah, they were so, they were they were really really good. Actually, if you do get a chance to see that reformed version of the Dead Boys, I know it's not Steve singing, but the guy who does sing, I don't know his name, but he did a really really good. It's sort of a high end
0: tribute band, like best you can do at this point.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, and he's got Cheetah playing in it, and so. But I Cheetah should,
0: doesn't look like Cheetah. Cheetah looks like uh, Cheetah is he's 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 well, an the, old geezer you now. Well,
1: I think he's well. He doesn't look too bad. He's just been bald. He's just bald yeah, as a. He's coot. got no hair. He's I mean, bald as a talk, coot. Guess, right? But um, you know, as soon as you hear. You know, the opening. still do the riffs. Those those opening chords to uh, Sonic Reducer. (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. I I, I could see that. And like I said, the whole, you know, they only made two albums, 20 songs or or 19 songs, whatever they did. And there really wasn't a bad song in the bunch. No, I agree. I mean, you know, they will always argue about the production of that second album, that it was not as, it wasn't as good as the first one. It didn't have the immediacy to it. It sounded a little too cleaned up, but it's still great songs, great record.
1: Yeah, it really is. But you know, I,
0: I so agree. so I was talking about the Goodman. The oh Goodman yeah, that, that's book, what I which, was talking
1: about. How did I get so, off on that? So
0: so yeah, the hippies. We were talking about the hippies and the, <laughs> and the, well, and Goodman. And I know you wanted to talk about that other book. So I, I that's right. Thought that would be a seg. But anyway, that book. You know, if you're a big pistols fan, I think it's worth reading because it's a it's a totally different perspective. But he's he's dead now. Um, Goodman's Goodman's dead. But he like moved to some timbuk3 country and like was trying to start some healing hippie healing <laughs> resort thing or something i think the book might have actually the, the the like postscript might have been written after he died but it's it for the for the sex pistols fan who's read everything else I, I i would check it out it probably wouldn't be the first thing i'd read but if you're a big fan check it out
1: so the reason this is so interesting is because and, and this is something i was going to bring up to do with Marky Ramon, not so much the yeah. Sex Pistols, but it, this is all this is all tying together. Um, I so, love it when a plan comes together. Yeah, and this and when something unplanned comes together. Uh, uh, so sorry. I was just looking around on YouTube and I came across this thing called Wikipedia. Was it fact or fiction? Something like oh, that. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you guys know about it, uh, but it's what it is. These people um, interview famous, like, movie stars or, or musicians. And they go over their Wikipedia page with them and want to find out what's true and what's not true, right? So it's kind of funny because there's so much crap on Wikipedia. But um, as I was doing this on Saturday morning, um, the first one I saw, he was interviewed. The there, there, to... no,
0: there was no soccer on Saturday morning?
1: Uh, it was before the soccer came on. So oh, I had, I had right. a couple of hours to kill. Uh, so he was talking to Paul Cook from the Sex Pistols. Okay. Later, the Professionals. And um and actually Dave Punk Goodman's yep Dave Goodman's name came up funnily enough because mm. he wanted to know they were talking about the original I think it was the original Anarchy in the UK demo and um <clears throat> and how Dave Goodman who was the Pistols live sound engineer um they brought him in to do the first demo recordings right and yep. that's and that's what it was like like you said the spunk bootleg and paul cook was saying basically yeah they recorded for like eight hours but they couldn't it, they thought it sounded like shit so oh the what, band thought it sounded yeah bad. so that's when See, they, i
0: thought it was a matter of what he said in his book i thought was that the label wanted to use their in-house people
1: well that like was more
0: political than sound that's but. That's,
1: that's what was on wikipedia and, mm. and and Paul Cook said that wasn't true and it was the band that decided to 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 trash the Dave Goodman stuff and to go mm. with uh I can't think of the guy's name from who who did the who did the uh, yeah, who did I the, the album it. yeah uh but anyway they so he was saying that yeah mm. Dave Dave Goodman was a great sound man but he didn't know what he was doing in the studio so, mm. well, so yeah. So that was trashing interesting.
0: A, trashing a dead man. The only people I know who's a big enough jerk to trash a dead man is Marky Ramon.
1: <laughs> well, let's hold that thought. But he did. He, he, he did <laughs> I, know, I
0: know you want to talk about this. So. He
1: did. He didn't. He didn't trash Dave Goodman. He just said that he no. was a great live sound yeah. engineer. He just didn't know how to transfer that sound into gotcha. the uh, in, into the studio,
0: right? Mm. So, um, but yes, that's kind of strange because I think if you can do one, you should be able to do the other because the best. Albums are usually the ones that sound the most spontaneous, you know the least produced at least you and I apparently this younger Menziger's loving crowd would disagree, but right, you know our favorite records sound like they're pretty much straight to tape
1: Right, but I guess there must have been something whatever sound they wanted to get Um, They were you want to put Dave
0: some in there or something?
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> Um, Chris Chris Thomas was the guy that, that ended up producing okay. yeah the, most of the pistol stuff mm. um but anyway, yes. Yeah, so yes. Yeah, so the second one I saw was, in this Wikipedia fact or fiction thing was, the guy talked to Marky Ramon, and uh, what a uh, what a pomp- himself, pompous it? jackass! That, <laughs> tell you what, um, and that and that wig, and I, I always used to. It, it, it tickled me because I used to be a Howard Stern fan. Yeah, and and, you, pro- yeah, and you probably remember this, right? When yeah. when Howard Stern had. Yeah, uh, Joey
0: I, used to call it and get, dr- they'd get yeah. drunk and call in there and fight. Yeah, and Joey, Joey used to go out about Marky
1: wearing a wig all the time and he used to drive Marky crazy, but he is still wearing <laughs> and that and same And Joey wig. would go,
0: You're a drunk, and Marky would go, You're a drunk. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turns out they were both right. Yeah.
1: Well, so um, that came up. And so in this Wikipedia Fact or Fiction thing with Marky Ramone, he trashes joey like incessantly throughout the thing which talk about totally that, that's un- totally so, uncool in
0: regards to what
1: first of all they asked him about that howard stern thing yep. and he said he didn't know what joey was getting this drunk thing because he's been clean since like 1985 and joey was the one that was drunk and joey was the one that was on quaaludes and joey was the one that was you know on. joey all these... was the
0: one that people went to see dummy
1: yeah yeah, right. And Joey was the one that was on all these
0: drugs and stuff, and well, and Margie, I don't Margie know that he's clean. wrong about that, but Joey's dead, right? And he can't defend himself, right?
1: And he's then dead. he started going on about the estimate about the song "KKK took my baby away." Oh yeah, and uh, he claimed that Joey wrote that song because he was in like a in like a not a, not a lunatic asylum, but he had to be hospitalized for a while, yeah. and there was some black girl in the bed next to him, and. Um, one day she just disappeared and so Joey decided to write that song but he really didn't need to go on about Joey being in a, you know, needing mental help or whatever. So
0: the the popular opinion of that that I know was that he wrote that song about Johnny stin- stealing Linda from him.
1: Right, and that was what was asked about the Wikipedia page, and Marky said no, that wasn't true, and it was all to do with Joey being in the hospital, being in the mental oh. house. So again, I don't.
0: I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know. I wasn't there. I, I couldn't say. But
1: yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know what's true. But, but there was no need for him. To go yeah. to tell that story. There's a there's a, about...
0: there's a book. There's another Ramones. See, I'm am a huge Ramones fan. And I read I read all their books. and I I really I really do love the Ramones. If I if I was trapped on a desert island, and I could only ever listen to one band for the rest of my life. It would probably be them. But anyway, um, there's a book called On the Road with the Ramones, and it was written by Monty. Is it Monty Melnick? I don't, I don't have Melnick. it right in front of... Yeah, Monty. Yeah, Melnick, he yeah. who was their their tour manager, and he. Talked about Joey a lot. Now he loved Joey, and that came through in the book, so that you didn't get angry at him. But Joey had the worst OCD. Mm-hmm. He was talking about how they'd come back from a tour and they'd get back from the uh, from uh, JFK Airport and drive back to the apartment, and Joey would say that he uh, Joey would think that he didn't touch something at the airport or something, and he'd make him drive him back. And oh, like God. when it was time to tour, he couldn't get out of his apartment. Like Monty was one of the few people who had to go up and get him out of his apartment, and it drove the other guys bonkers, of course. Yeah so so even though and and I have no reason not to believe it it's, it came across as very credible that Joey was really, really sick like that, but, like I said, it didn't come across as malicious,
1: yeah, this but came across, this came across as malicious everything like he's... Mark
0: does come across as malicious, I really want to like the guy, I really want to like all the surviving Ramones I'm gonna call it three because i don't I don't count Elvis, he played two shows, and that <clears throat> yeah. was you know that, yeah. that, 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 but um but yeah, so you didn't read the marky put out a, a autobiography probably five-ish years ago
1: yeah i didn't read it and he was talking and, called... and, and actually he was it was so funny like normally on this uh wikipedia fact or fiction it's just them being interviewed but on this one mark he had a big like thing for his book like he de- mm. he, he basically used it as like, a way to do this yep. you let me promote yep so he had a big stiff a big cardboard cut out of his book and yeah, kept, te- kept kept talking about his book so go on well I'm sorry. I...
0: It, it's well. It's fun. So I did read the book. I, I, you know, these musicians biographies. I, I, I love to go to bookstores. My my kids all love to go to bookstores. We we find ourselves in bookstores quite regularly. They always, I swear, you can always get them on clearance. So I got this book for like four bucks or something, hardcover. your mm-hmm. Ramone's Park Like this movie. I love to read everything about Ramone, so I I read it up, sucked it up, and he does come across as pretty pompous. And and in his book, he really trashes all his band members. They're all dead now. And it really bothered me. It really sat badly with me, especially Johnny. And listen, I'm not saying Johnny was a prince, but he Johnny comes off really bad in the book. Actually, Marky kind of comes off bad for being such a dick to Johnny. Once again, Dad can't defend himself. Right, making some claims that I had never heard anywhere else about Johnny.
1: And if it hadn't been for Johnny, Marky would never would have made a penny, probably. So,
0: well, and I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, Marky, Marky is. You know, obviously he was an important part of the band. He played on more albums than any other drummer and and he, you know, he was an important Ramon, and no question about it. But, you know, and he was a good drummer. Technically, maybe their best drummer. But you know, Tommy had to teach him how to play like the Ramon. Right. And I think there's a reason those first three albums are the best. I think it's because it's Tommy.
1: Right. No, I agree with that. Because his
0: style was so singular. So even if Marky was maybe a little technically more proficient, it wasn't exactly right. You well, listen; to I, those later live recordings are brutal.
1: It's it's funny you say that because again, in this interview, um, I guess Marky interviewed um, for the uh, after the first New York Dolls drummer died. Mm. Um, he interviewed or tried out to be the New York Dolls drummer, but he was saying that he was too technically proficient, mm. and on all That's they want and all they wanted was a was a straight ahead drummer. So he was doing all this fancy stuff, and then uh, and then the, he probably the sp-
0: couldn't walk in high heels. Yeah, <laughs> and he looked bad. Well, yeah, he well, the band before that he he played on the Voidoids, Richard Hell and the Voidoids album. Yep, that's right. I mean, you know that, I'm sure. Oh, and man. and that was very, man. That's one of those records I have kind of a love hate relationship mm-hmm. with. I like a handful of the songs on it, but other ones I can't stand. That sort of jazzy punk doesn't does not do a whole lot for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I recognize that it's a classic, but I don't like it as much as say, Marky Moon" by Television, which is also a very complicated album i just don't think it has the hooks you know right but yeah he plays on that but before that his most famous band he played in like a hard rock slash heavy metal power trio that i've always meant to check out but i never really have called dust Called dust yeah and i'm sure he got to do a lot more wacky stuff in that band than he did later but yeah that you know that richard hell album was probably custom made for somebody who wants to show off their drumming yeah because it wasn't so much of a straight you know a lot of time changes and weird stuff so
1: yeah but anyway i I just thought it was funny that he was boasting about how he was too good of a drummer basically to be in a new york dolls is is what he was saying and you're and you're right some of some of those later uh ramones live records it's just they're just terrible so
0: yeah in you know in the book he he admits to being an alcoholic and he had been clean for a number of years and i think that like the epitome of his alcoholism he drove his brand new cadillac like into a furniture store or something oh that's good I mean, he was this guy had a problem, definitely. Um, And he he more or less owns up to it. But even like when he got kicked out of the Ramones the first time, you know, he was kicked out before he came back because he was unreliable. He was an unreliable drunk. But even then, he kind of blamed it on Dee. Like they were in the studio or something and Dee had snuck some booze in and, you know, he was trying to be straight and narrow. And and Dee, you know, Dee, nobody, nobody comes off. Joey actually, I think, gets the best treatment in the book um johnny and 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 Dee Dee. and listen dd Dee Dee was a junkie we all know dd Dee Dee was a junkie
1: well that's funny because in this interview we we're saying dd Dee Dee was his best friend so i think that was the case
0: but i think a lot of that might have been because they were drinker buddies
1: oh okay yeah
0: yeah because johnny was uh was more was pretty straight-laced like you'll see some really really old photos where he might have a beer in his hand but he famously you know the the ramones rider famously required yoo yeah, because he liked to drink, he liked to drink chocolate milk.
1: I was going to say, is that why Johnny was always wearing those Yoo t-shirts? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: But you know the funny, the funny thing with the Ramones, you know, it, it's pretty well documented that they were as dysfunctional as any band, and Joey and Johnny really didn't like each other even till death.
1: Right. But you don't you know, have, Johnny but you don't have to like each other though, right? I John, mean,
0: he, they didn't need to. That's right. And they, because they were professionals and as much as everybody wants to hate Johnny because, Oh, Johnny loved Reagan and Johnny was right wing and blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, that's all true. But the fact of the matter is he's still one of the most influential guitarists of all time. And more importantly, without his sort of military, like dictatorship, the band wouldn't have lasted. You know what I mean? They needed, you know, the DD and Joey were such screw ups that they kind of needed that the Johnny Ramone being an a-hole to keep things together. Yeah, no, and that's the, that's the very the impression true. I
1: get. Yeah, no, that that's very true. And, and, and
0: it, he was the one who kind of t- took care of their money and made sure they got you know they weren't penniless because they never made a huge amount of money. They probably made more money in the mid nineties during the kind of when they announced they were retiring, did their farewell, than they did in twenty years leading up to it.
1: No, I did that. That was one book I did read. I did read Johnny Ramone's. Uh, no, I have not read that. I do want yeah. to read that. That one. That one was interesting because he was always talking about how he had a certain money goal in mind before he would yeah. uh, break up the band. And, uh, and eventually they hit it and he used to, he used to, uh, he used to hide money underneath his floorboards and stuff seriously in a, in a, in a box, you know, cause he had, well, to, he had I remember
0: he... famously when they got inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame, he said, God bless George Bush. It's uh, was, yeah. was junior George Bush who was president. At the yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, and I've said this before and, and that if I didn't listen to any band who I don't disagree with their politics on, I'd really have nobody to listen to. So,
1: but that, but I guess that's one of the points these days is, you know what? People are allowed to have different opinions, and it Not doesn't. In punk. It doesn't make you a bad person just because you believe something differently than no other people your neighbor. Believe. Your
0: neighbor, your neighbor who voted for somebody different than you is now evil and right. racist and horrible.
1: Yeah, that's one of the problems with this country now. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: exactly. Anyway, yeah, that uh, that, uh, that the Marky Ramon book, I, I I I would I would recommend it. It wasn't my favorite, but you got to kind of you can kind of feel the bitterness in it. So you sort of take it with a grain of salt. You you almost can't help but take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Well. So. But like, you know, it, it's I, I read all the Ramones stuff. I, I haven't read the Johnny book. Um. There's a couple. You know, the the Joey's brother wrote one that was pretty decent. Well, didn't um,
1: wasn't wasn't there something sad? Just like a couple of weeks ago, didn't like Joey's brother and Johnny's widow just have to? Didn't they just settle some lawsuit or something over the be, use of because, the name? yeah? There's
0: nobody. You know, none of the none of the four Ramones had any kids. Right. So, yeah, it's all, I don't know. All this stuff gets nasty after a while because, yeah, you got Linda and you got, I can't remember who, if it's Vera or who's got Dee interest. But, yeah, uh, well, what's this, his name? Joey's brother is the guy. Yeah, yeah
1: this lawsuit was between Linda and Joey's brother, and they eventually oh, came it. To... Was,
0: okay, it was something about. So stupid. It was something about she they had named their she had named their Los Angeles house Ramon's Ranch or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something
1: like that that was one of the things so he, in it. She yeah. had to
0: change it to Johnny Ramon Ranch. I'm like, come on. Right. I mean, is there big money in this? It's your private thing. And you know, Linda has made a life out of being Johnny's widow, if we're being honest. Every year they have the big Johnny birthday party at his grave yep. in Hollywood right. forever. If you I do. ever get to Hollywood, I will go see Johnny's grave.
1: Yeah. Yeah, one of Morrissey's actually single covers has him sitting in front of his grave. So mm. yeah,
0: I, and I've, on the back covers that letter he wrote in like 1970s. <laughs> so he talks about how horrible their bones are. Yeah, and then
1: the, and, and then next to it is how how bad the Sex Pistols were. But you know he and then see.
0: now he and now he covers. Yep. Well, he loves I, I mean, which he, song was he? He was doing a Ramon song live for a while. Was it? She is a punk rocker. Or what was it? it? Was one of what was an old one, right? Uh, Jackie did, is a punk. Oh, Jackie's a pawn. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, no, he changed his mind on the Ramones
1: after after like a year, and and he loved them. You know, in fact, he he curated one of their greatest hits albums. Hmm. So yeah. Um... Well, it's
0: listen. It's hard when something comes out new. You know, it's so funny. You know, the like Rolling Stone magazine, great win, great windbags that they are. You know, they totally trashed, like, the early Zeppelin and early Black Sabbath records, but you'll never find any record of those bad reviews online. You'll only feel, find, like, revisited reviews where they sort of write their, write their wrong. So, you know, if you're at the forefront of something like the Ramones, or like, Black Sabbath is, you know, you can't expect to necessarily get right. rave reviews right off the bat.
1: Right. I mean... And Marcy was just upset because they weren't, because it was them getting all the pub and not the New York dolls who were his favorite band of all time. Ah, so yeah.
0: I can see that. I can yeah, see that being yeah. an influence.
1: But anyway, should we, uh, we're getting towards the hour mark. So should we just uh, yeah, we talk should, about we should
0: take it a little easy? You know, I'm I, our goal was always to try to keep it around an hour so that, you know, you way to back and forth to work, you could listen. now we've yeah. created these like, uh, you know, Martin mm-hmm. Scorsese late, like monstrosities. that just keep going and going. And, uh, I think our next one, episode ten, if not number ten, the number eleven, we're going to start having a, a third voice on. And I'm, and I'm, I'm pleased to say that we've recorded, you know, nine episodes pretty much all the way through without running out of f- things to talk about.
1: Yeah, I got a I lifetime mean, of time will have to, talk to forgive about, us if
0: our old, adult minds are <laughs> you know, repeating things. But you know, we could probably record the same one over and over again and oh, yeah, never run out. Of, never
1: run I, out I, I have to apologize for my voice on the last one too, man. It was going in and out because my throat was so bad. But uh, anyway, listen, um, the
0: show, the show must go on.
1: Anyway, let's talk about the uh, stuff we had each other listen to last week. Oh, us Yeah. Um, so, I had you listen to these Animal Man who were a new yeah. wave of new wave English band from 94. Yeah. Did you listen
0: to it? I did. It, it, it's not for me, I gotta say. No? At first, I was like, okay, I had that thing where I'll do with certain bands I'll be like, you know, this isn't bad for radio music. Um, But, you know, so... It started out, and I can't remember what the first is. The first song on the record, I did find the one with the the The, woman eating the fish and chips. Okay, good,
1: good, because that's that's the is the first
0: song. um, Fabulous! What's it called? Let me see. But anyway, the first song is "Sharp Kid." Okay.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 to me that's a "Sharp Kid," and uh, this is the sound of youth. To me, that was very like early early who like mid sixties hmm. kind of stuff, yeah.
0: Well, I didn't hear that because the well the guitar was so overdriven compared to Oh interesting. Compared to the Who and I, I honestly I, I, I thought it started out kind of promising.
1: Oh yeah. That's a that's a great opening song I think. I love Short Kid.
0: But it like okay so come on join the high society. Oh I don't have the track list. Um there the the big single which is what will play is called. Man, I can't find it.
1: This is the sound of youth. I'm imagining is the one that you would have liked the most. Or you're well, always, the, you're the always first, right.
0: The the big single. We'll play the big single, and it was called. Huh. Oh boy, that's not that's that's surprising. That's not I, what I...
1: I. I mean, I'm surprised you're saying it was a big single because I don't think there was a big single on well, this, I, on this
0: record. According to what I've read, not according to what I've heard. I have never. I had never heard this band before. Yeah. Um, but there was the. Uh, let me see what. Comes I mean they up had a,
2: they had
1: a, they had a couple of singles out before this album came out.
0: So the impression I got of what was the song was "Flawed Is Beautiful." Was that not was that not a single?
1: No, that was their DVD. Okay, um, well a
0: this, this song "Flawed Is Beautiful," and and this and I think I'll use this to kind of represent the whole, the whole band. Like it has okay. a really great opening guitar riff. Okay, and it starts out and it's fast and it's cool and I'm starting to get into it and then it literally has a breakdown and the words start and I'm just like uh <laughs> okay so I, I I mean once again I don't hate it but I I am not this is not going to make its way into my rotation
1: okay I didn't think it would I thought it was kind of it might be a little bit too
0: poppy or something for you um... it's, just, it's just to me it's and and you you're hearing a lot of subtle influences and maybe I would too if I listened more I really didn't have a great way to listen to it but it just sounded to me like just bad 90s rock.
1: Okay, well, I tell you what, if you go on YouTube and look up the video for This Is the Sound of Youth, I think yeah, I think you might at least like that song a lot. Is that on that album? It is. It's
0: like the sixth song. Kinda, you know how it is, you listen to stuff streaming, you're not really looking at the song titles. Right.
1: So, it's the one it comes after Florida's Beautiful. So, Florida's Beautiful is like the sixth song and This Is the Sound of Youth was I think was the f- first track on the second side of the album or something like that.
0: So, well Florida's Beautiful is kind of the one that stood out to me I think the most, okay. but
1: well, yeah, I I would just say give "This Is the Sound of Youth" another chance because that's a great mm. that's a great song.
2: So you um, you really like this band?
1: I do. I absolutely love this band. Yeah. Oh. So in the in the mid nineties, when there was like nothing around, I wanted to yeah. listen to these guys. These guys in Smash really, uh, you know, I I really liked them. Well, and now see,
0: this was this was coming out at the same time as like the third wave of American punk or whatever. Uh yeah. Because like Green Day, A dookie I think was ninety four. Yeah which is when this uh, came out offspring smash was 94 and i was definitely riding that wave that was not how like so many of our younger friends that's not how i got into punk but i was definitely all about that
1: the offspring and I,
0: well i i still i still stand by smash i think that's a pretty decent album i mean i don't really listen to it much anymore but i like that album um but but i mean it just it, as far as what was big on the radio at the time or big popular music at the time that was definitely more my yeah more my speed um I didn't listen to the radio a ton. You know, I, I grunge kind of broke the year I graduated high school. So I do have a soft spot for some of those songs. I'm sure you probably don't. But, yeah, I, beyond that, I'm not really probably down.
1: Okay. So I I didn't like a lot of that stuff I was hearing at the time. So I went looking for something different. And then I found this the- I found this stuff in England. And I no one else liked them. And, in fact, I saw these animal men at the Metro in Chicago on, like, a Wednesday night. There was, <laughs> probably, there was probably, like, 40 people there. And it was, like, it was literally quarter beers. So nice. uh um, yeah. So well, I Well it I,
0: sounds like they had a little moment in the UK at least where they were They did. They did,
1: yeah, yeah. But they only made two albums and then uh and you know, the one of their claims to fame is on their first single which was called Speed King. And uh, and they had a picture of Blow and stuff on the on the record sleeve, and they got a lot of trouble for that. And Paul Weller was very upset at them. So that was one of their oh, well, big... Paul Weller, shut yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. What, do you like so... the Bill
0: Cosby of punk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Tell them people what they should do and not yeah.
1: do it. Yeah. So, mm. uh, but anyway, anyway, I love them.
0: So, so. Let's, let's play that song, Flawed is Beautiful. I think the guitar intro of beginning part is great. Yeah, and so it kind of drops off.
1: And the the, re- the reason I mentioned Florida's Beautiful being a DVD, because they actually did do a documentary uh, on them and Smash that came what out is, a couple what of years is, what ago. What is Smash? Smash was another band that came out at the same, at the same time. The same. Yeah, like, New kid. Wave of New Waves. They were a so little like. more anarchic than these animal men. Um hmm. Good band. So anyway, they they did a documentary on them a couple years ago, mm. and that was called Florida's Beautiful. So that's where mm. my, my mind was going with that. But, yep, yeah, we'll play Florida's Beautiful by These Animal Men. ¶¶ So there you go. Maybe you'll agree with uh, with Tom that that's not your we cup gotta, of tea.
0: We gotta, we gotta, we still we still have to get another opinion about the Lenny Lashley thing from last week.
1: Yeah, I'm still waiting to get a letter from him saying he's going to fight me. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, what did you have me listen to? You don't remember, do you? <laughs>
0: I'm, I, I, you just told me to.
1: <laughs> yes, you had me listen to proletariat.
0: Oh, proletariat! The new proletariat album. move. That's yeah, right. That's move. right.
1: Yeah, exactly right. So, Boy, uh, le-
0: left-wing politics galore.
1: Yes. Um, so, now, it was interesting. I'd, I'd never heard the band before, at least I didn't think oh, I had. Was that right? Until... You don't remember, oh, okay. No, until... Well, they only had one album out, right, back in Two. the day? Two. Soma
0: okay. Holiday in, like, mid-'80s, and then maybe one a little later in the 80s, or maybe Soma Holiday was, like, 83 or something. Okay. I can't remember.
1: So, they were a hardcore band from Boston from, like, 80... So, Soma Holiday from 83. It definitely
0: associated with the hardcore movement, but not the propulsiveness of, like, a minor threat or something. Right, so in it was difference more of a Gang from of war kind of thing going on. Yeah,
1: okay. So, I didn't think I'd heard of them before until I started looking into them, and it was like, holy shit, hold on, I have. Because there was a punk compilation album came out in 85, which, like, everybody <laughs> had. It was called Peace. It was called the Peace Compilation. Oh, yeah, the Peace War Compilation. Kind of yeah, it's war. got that, like, hand on the cover, and yep, it's like yep, a double yep. album. And the Proletariat are on that. Hmm. Um, so I had actually heard them before. So... Um, with that in mind, I listened to this brand new album called Move. Uh, and like you say, they are not, um, they certainly aren't minor threat style. I'd say they're definitely more Fugazi style, let's put it that
0: way. What do you think Fugazi?
1: Okay. Just, I mean, just think, you know, they're not hardcore, let's put it that Fugazi
0: way. Fugazi wasn't like so rampantly political. Matter of fact, they were pretty apolitical honestly
1: i was i yeah i was talking just to just more just Me, more just more yeah. musically yeah so they definitely yeah. get i wouldn't call them funky like the big boys or something but they definitely have no. a, they definitely have a groove right they definitely have a yeah. groove um and i didn't mind it i i kind of liked it in parts i would have thought it would have made a much much better ep than an album mm. because as a whole um and this is a criticism i've i've said before about a lot of yep. modern punk bands Every song had the same structure. Every song had the same pace. Oh, you every, think so? Every song had the same. The guitars and bass were in lockstep. Um, there was just like I was. Hmm. I've listened to it a bunch of times, and the songs just all flow flow together. Hmm. Um, so if it was a four track EP, I thought it would have been fantastic. But as an album, it really didn't work for me. But uh, I, I didn't. I certainly didn't mind it. I didn't. I didn't. Hmm. I, didn't I didn't dislike it. But. Uh, yeah, as an album I couldn't I couldn't play the whole thing back to back for sure. Um again, so, so that's think.
0: another one that's definitely in my top twenty for the year. And the funny thing is, it looks like it's UK only releases on a label called Boss Tunage. Boss
1: Tunage, yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's a real expensive pain in ass to get. So I actually have not got it yet. I, I've always kind of prided myself and I because I always felt like most of the Punk News contributors who made best year end best of lists just only stream and i like if, if an album makes my top 20 i buy it i'll buy a physical copy of it, you know yeah and i think this one's going to be a real pain one of those ones i'm going to be looking for for a few years before i find it
1: so yeah i mean or the, unless don't...
0: i want to shell out on discogs which maybe i'll do eventually i'll keep an eye on it but
1: well let's see it's on purple vinyl uh, two for sale from 40 bucks so yeah, yeah i guessing, guessing, guessing you're not going to be doing that um and when i say the same song structure Pretty much every song had to be like a repeating guitar theme, mm. and then the he, and then well, and then he would just repeat the same line over and over again, yeah. and then it would go into a chorus, or it would be him repeating the same line over and over again with a different guitar. I, I, so that structure was basically in every song, right? So um, again, not bad, but. Yeah, you know, hmm. it's uh, it's not it's not it's not something I would
2: I would I like, reach for I, I all think the time. What
0: I like about it, it's got a political fire in its belly. So even if I don't necessarily subscribe to what he's saying, I just like the fact that it has some. It well, kind of has a gravitas. Well, well,
1: I'll be. I, I, I'm sure it does. I mean, I'll be. I, I couldn't really understand what he was saying. Could you?
0: Oh, I mean, there's songs about like prison reform, and there's songs. I don't know. I guess it, it hit a couple of my. Even though I, I I'm not somebody who. Generally has you know can relate to you know either sides political talking points. There was a few issues on there that I just I don't know. Just start recording me. I dug it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I mean, I'll be honest. I couldn't really understand what it was he was saying to me. He was yelling at me, but I couldn't really understand what he was what no, he was saying. He um, wasn't whining at you. No, what well, you know, it, it, his 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 voice was interesting, right? Because to me, at times, it sounded like um, who's the guy out of degeneration.
0: Um. Oh, Jesse. Uh, Jesse Malin. Yeah.
1: Um. At first, I thought, "Wow, is Jesse Malin singing?" You know, this it, album? it's
0: funny. You know, talk about tying this up in a bow. Because when I the songs that I thought were best by these Animal Men. Yeah. I thought if they just went a little more kind of glammy with this, it could be a little more like Degeneration, who I do like.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, and it does some of those songs, and that one I said you should listen to. That one is very Degeneration. Mm. It is. It is very in that mold. So Degeneration,
0: yeah. my favorite band that like had one big hit song and put it on every album.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No way out. You play that next.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, that first, that first album of theirs is great, and we can talk about that another time. But sure. uh, so I am going to play the uh, song "Scab" by the Proletariat.
0: See, now this song is about union busting, right? I mean, it's it's. Uh...
1: Is it, or or does he does he have a cut on his leg and he's picking at the scab? I have no idea. <laughs> I'll be honest. But uh, anyway, hope you enjoy it. It's called "Scab" by the Proletariat, and then you'll see what I mean about the structure of the song. So go ahead, boys. Go ahead and play it. mid So there, they, that was scab by the proletariat from the new album hmm. called Move, that was released this summer, 2019.
0: Yep. is here. Yep. I'm trying to find it. Anybody who wants to sell me one reasonably priced, yep. you can reach out at punktilidie77 at gmail.com or. You can reach out to us on our Facebook page. On our Facebook page, yes, please. I hope do. you. I hope everybody who's listening will go go ahead and like our Facebook page. That's going to be a great way to communicate with us too. I have yet to go through and bother all my friends to like it, but I will do that soon. So yeah, man,
1: go ahead, go go do that. I can't be the only one looking like I'm, I know. I, I will <laughs> I'm bugging do all my I, friends.
0: I, yeah, I, I honestly, I'm so bad at technology. I'm like looking at you. Gave me, you know, we both have. Uh, editing power or whatever or whatever you call it we're admin, yes. admins or whatever but i'm looking at it, i'm like i don't even know what i'm i don't even know what i'm doing but we will we <laughs> will be eventually get some more content other than just posting the links even though that's probably a good way to you know know when we got a new episode coming out which we're doing honestly a pretty darn good job of doing it weekly yeah we are so this is yeah this is episode number 9 and number by by if not number 10 number 11 we will, we're going to start featuring guests we'll give ourselves a little bit of a break to get some more uh you know ammunition and things to talk about. I know this week was it was Christmas week, so you and I hardly text back and forth. So I think that helped to build up a little bit of a <laughs> a little bit of material. Yeah. And next week I'm gonna be super busy also. So but uh yeah, I hope everybody uh hope everybody's enjoying it. We are uh you know, if nothing else, like we said at the beginning, we are enjoying doing it. And uh Punk Till I Die seventy seven at gmail dot com and uh Punk Till I die podcast on Facebook. And, yeah, and there's for- yes. Thanks for Thanks listening. For
1: Thanks for listening along. Um one uh, one correction I wanted to make from the last episode. Oh. I mentioned oh. no, I I got the name of a band wrong. We to so this on a bummer too. Well, I I, I said with just... I said there was a Christmas single done by Steve Jones and Paul Cook and Phil linnet from from, from uh, and uh, one of the guitarists from Thin I think Brian Downey from Thin Lizzy. Um I said it was the band the Yobs. I was wrong about that. The band was called the Greedies. And mm. if you listen to the last episode, which was number eight, the Christmas episode, I did in fact play that song at the very end. So instead mm. of the uh, instead of the seven seconds outro, I actually did play the Greedys Christmas song. Mm. So hope you all um, enjoyed that. But uh, anyway, until next time, we will see you. Email us, get in touch on the Facebook page, and uh, let us know that you're out there. Okay, bye everybody. Say bye, Tom. See ya. Yeah, bye.